Hello and welcome to The Witch Hut. I'm your host, Chelsea Martinez, and I hope you're having a wonderful, magical day. This week is pretty light in terms of updates. I had a good new moon, I like Aries season, and I had a great time writing today's episode. But before I launch into today's main topic, I'll give you a quick witchy tip. Something that I want to take a second to point out is that you can attach meaning to literally anything and turn that thing into a spell or a talisman just by giving it that significance. I do this a lot with perfume and to a lesser extent with nail polish, and I won't buy one if I don't like the name. This is kind of silly, but I would rather carry with me the feeling of wearing something with a name I absolutely love and want to embody. I also won't buy something if I don't like the color or if I can't pick the color because I want to choose a color that I can attach some kind of significance to. You can also do this with a song or with a flavor and choosing to attach meaning to something can add a little extra boost of magic into your normal day. At this point, I don't think anyone can deny that witchcraft is moving further and further into the mainstream. Gone are the days when we were shoved into a tiny little corner of the bookstore or given the choice between three tarot decks and made to feel that we should be grateful for the luxury of so many choices. And this more socially acceptable position that witchcraft currently occupies has lots of pros and a few cons, but my absolute favorite thing about it is that the average witch has access to so much more. Witchcraft, of course, has trends that come in and out of popularity. It might be a certain deck or book, or a specific practice that's trendy, and of course those are the things that will be most accessible when they're the hot thing. But, of course, there are lots of things that totally fly under the radar, and so today I'm going to talk about some of the things that I would like to see more of, and how likely I think it'll be that these things become popular, and thus easier to find. There's no way that you're listening to this podcast and you aren't aware of the tarot craze that began around 2012 with the original publication of the Wild Unknown Tarot. Now, you may not have been aware of it at that exact moment in 2012, but the clamor for tarot has just begun to grow and grow until it completely changed the entire market for tarot. And while I don't think that the fever for tarot has died down, I do think that most of the people who went wild for tarot and stuck with it have gotten to a place where the urge to collect is a little less prevalent, and the kinds of books and decks that they're looking for are deeper and not necessarily geared towards beginners. I'm not sure that the popularity of tarot will ever die down to the place that it had been during the early 2000s, but I think that there's a little bit of a vacancy created just because it's not a newly popular thing. Personally, I think that vacancy could be very well filled by other divination materials that, quite honestly, should get the kind of recognition and resources that tarot gets. I would love to see more books about runes or tea leaves or Lenormand. I'm honestly so ready for a Lenormand book that I like enough to review on this podcast because I love Lenormand and I want to be able to point others in the direction of good Lenormand resources. And speaking of Lenormand, I wish there were more Lenormand decks 
made by people who actually read Lenormand. The cards are meant to be small because you're supposed to be laying out more than one, and maybe even the entire 36 card deck, and so many Lenormand decks are massive. This is something that I think is very likely to happen, and in fact I think it's already beginning. I've started seeing more books about non-tarot divination, and I feel like there are more Oracle, or yes, even Lenormand decks, being stocked in my local stores. I'm still waiting on a really good Lenormand book though. So I have yet to really talk about it much on this podcast, but before I was interested in witchcraft, I was obsessed with ghosts. I'm still obsessed with ghosts. I want to hear every single spooky paranormal story I can, and if you do too, you'll be really happy to hear that I want to start doing some paranormal episodes with a witchy twist. I feel like a lot of people can kind of get on board with most aspects of witchcraft, like crystals or manifestation work, but ghosts have never really crossed over into the mainstream in the same way. I actually tend to think of people who like witchcraft and people who like the paranormal as two groups that don't overlap nearly as much as you might think. And it's funny because I feel comfortable about being open about aspects of my spirituality as a witch, but I get so nervous to talk about ghosts because I always think whomever I'm talking to is going to think I'm nuts. And to be honest, I'm not really sure if this is something that will really pick up steam. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a few books about ghosts from a witch's perspective that come out, and actually there's one I'm pretty excited for that will be out in October, but I don't really see this taking off as much as I might like. I very much enjoyed the book Initiated by Amanda Yates Garcia, and I think that a huge part of why I loved it so much is because there don't seem to be a lot of memoirs from witches. I would be overjoyed to have more witchy memoirs to read. Lots of books do include a lot of personal stories and experiences from the authors, but I really enjoy the chance to just read about another witch's experience without it having to be part of something more informational. And I predict that this will be something that picks up steam at some point, because quite frankly, publishers are going to realize that it'll sell. More and more witchy authors and even just content creators are starting to become more public figures, and I really think that this will mean better sales for witchy memoirs than they may have had in the past. Something that I think the witch community is in desperate need of are courses and classes that don't feel scammy and gross. There are so many classes that sounded so cool and wound up costing several hundred dollars just so you can get a certificate that means nothing other than that the person selling these courses says that you have taken their class. I don't really care about a certificate or a title. I just want a really good learning experience, but the second that your class is advertised as some kind of program that will give me a title and the ability to use the name of your program to brand myself, the alarm bells start going off. And to be honest, as much as I really hope that I'm wrong, I'm not sure that this will be popular anytime soon. A lot of MLM style marketing still works really well these days, and I'm not sure that enough people would choose something that doesn't get them some kind of certification over something that does. The next thing that I want to see more of isn't completely related to witchcraft, but it kind of is. I would love to see more fictional witches that feel real. Don't get me wrong, I love fantasy witches who perform acts of magic that are nothing like what real life witches can do. But my favorite fictional witches are always the ones that have that little thread of reality running through them. A really good example of this is The Craft. No, 
glamours don't work like that, and there are a lot of things that are amplified into the realm of fantasy, but I can watch those witches do their work and recognize real witches in them. And this is something that I do think we'll start to see more of. I think that more people are becoming interested in realistic-ish fantasy over the more high fantasy type stuff. Circling back to books because apparently I have a very long wish list. I would love to see more books come out that don't have the kind of standard basic primers included. Yes, beginners need resources, but does that mean that every single book on tarot needs to have a requisite card glossary? I just don't think so. I think this is something that will change over time just because the internet has made a really big difference in how we learn things. Back in the day, it totally made sense to make sure to cram your beginner's primer and recipes and craft instructions into your book because you just couldn't find all that on the internet. And someone who needed that information very likely wouldn't want to buy a separate beginner's book just to be able to learn the information they're really interested in. Something that I think is missing from the witch community today is the relatively huge, long-established forms that used to be more common. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Eclectic Tarot, but it was an old-school message board and it was an absolute treasure. It ran for almost 20 years and closed in 2017, which I felt was a true shame because that was around the time when Tarot was still reaching a peak, so to have that typically lively forum suddenly go quiet was a major loss. It's been archived so you can still read that truly vast repository of information, but unfortunately the conversation has come to a halt. Groups have popped up on Discord and Reddit, but a lot of the oldest and most experienced members didn't make the switch, and Discord and Reddit both lack the archival capabilities that make older forums valuable even after a thread has gone quiet. Sadly, I don't see this becoming popular again. Message boards in general have been phased out, and starting one now wouldn't result in the large numbers that Eclectic Tarot had. The way we express ourselves and connect with each other online has changed, and a lot of the channels we use are meant to foster communication in the moment rather than over a period of days and weeks. I am a Leo, so of course I love to shop, and obviously I'm going to have some things on my wish list that make it even easier to indulge in some consumerism. I've always wanted to get a witchy subscription box, but I can't find one that doesn't include incense. I really don't like to burn anything that puts off smoke around my cats, and it's really obnoxious that every single subscription box seems to include in their basic guaranteed items either some incense or an herbal bundle for burning. I can use these things to fragrance my tarot cupboard or my altar space without burning them, but I definitely don't need more every single month. I'm kind of surprised that there never seems to be a smoke-free option. I'm not entirely sure if this will change. The heyday of subscription boxes kind of seems to be drawing to a close, so I'd be surprised if there's a lot more innovation on the horizon. And speaking of shopping, I love a good witchy shop. I've had amazing experiences with occult shops and very disappointing experiences, and what tends to make for an amazing experience is when you find things you can't get anywhere else. I love seeing products from local artisans and small businesses, magical jewelry that is high quality or made out of real sterling silver or solid gold, and decks that I'm not able to see in person anywhere else. And I'm happy to say that this is something I see more and more. I think that a lot of brick and mortar stores are adjusting to the fact that a lot of the wholesale witchy trinkets and pieces that used to only be available at occult shops are a lot easier to find now and are carrying things that you can't just buy on Amazon. 
I would also like there to be more magical markets and witchy fairs for my shopping enjoyment. I think that it's very hard to match the experience of seeing something in person and taking it home with you that day. And as much as I love the access to independent businesses that the internet allows us, I do really love being able to shop for things that I want in person. I've been seeing more and more of these popping up, especially as we get, hopefully, closer to the end of the pandemic and move more into what a post-pan life is like. Are these things you want to see? If you had a witchy wish list, what would be on it? This was a lot of fun to write, and you know, if you're personally responsible for any of these things, let's make them happen. If not, hopefully I'm just speaking all of this out into the universe and my wishes will come true. This week, I'm using the Centennial Smith Waite Tarot, which is the Rider Waite Smith recolored in shades closer to what Pamela Coleman Smith originally used. This definitely isn't the only deck to rework RWS art, and it's also not the only one to do so in a more classic recolor, but I find that it strikes a good balance between looking like an older deck with more muted and vintage tones, while still looking like a deck that is physically new. Some of the aged versions have various little stains and marks added, and this one does not. I think it's a good deck if you want an RWS, but you're turned off by the color scheme since this one is a little bit easier on the eyes. Personally, I don't find that any of the meaning is diluted by not using the super intense colors you're used to seeing in the RWS, and I actually have and really love using both of the decks. The reason why I've chosen to use this deck is because I really wanted to go back to basics. I have a lot of decks, but it's nice to connect with those classic things that have been part of the occult community for decades. Our card today is The Lovers. While you could see this as a good omen for romance, I'd also invite you to look at it as a reminder to seek balance in your life. I tend to think of humans as always seeking balance and then immediately seeking to upend it once they find it, and to an extent, this can be an important part of life. You want that dynamic tension to propel you forward in your growth. But sometimes you might not even hit the balance stage before you move on to the upheaval stage, and it's important to establish that baseline for yourself before you push too hard for more growth. Thank you so much for joining me here in the Witch Hut. Next week, I'm having a book review that I'm particularly excited about, so I hope you'll tune in for that. If you want to keep up with The Witch Hut, you can follow the show on Instagram at The Witch Hut Pod, or you can follow me at Chelsea the Witch for witches, cats, and whatever else I have a burning desire to share with the internet. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and magical. <laughs>